Hello, hello, welcome back to the Dead Dad Society. This is Mitch Garling. That's very official. This is Mitch Garling. Hello, welcome to Radio 1 or something. I don't know, but thanks for coming along to Dead Dad Society. My name is Mitch Garling. I am your host. This is the DDS. It is the therapy group in the form of a podcast. A uh, lot of love on episode 17 with Al Del Bene. Really appreciate all the nice messages, uh, people reaching out. Some comedy nerds uh, hitting me up. Tell me how much they love the chats of the old Boston, New York days with Al, so that was really cool. Uh, episode 18 today, brilliant guest, I'll get into that in a second, but if you like what I'm doing here at the DDS, please follow our socials uh, at Dead Dad Society. Send us an email, deaddadsociety at gmail.com. Tell us some Dead Dad stories. Just write, subscribe, like do all that stuff. It really helps us out. It helps us out. It really helps me out in the long run. So I appreciate everything that you guys have been doing so far. If you do like what we're doing, please show the love. And yeah, episode 18, our guest today is uh, is a fellow comedian by the name of Marcel Blanche de Wilt. Marcel's got a, a brilliant story. He is luckily, I guess luckily, not part of the Dead Dad Society, but uh, much like uh, Conchetta a few episodes ago, he does say, he is part of the uh, Dead to Me Dad Society. Uh, so there's some good chats here about uh, growing up with a, you know, as an ab- growing up with an absentee father. He mentions some great stories about his wedding, uh, and then there is a, a killer story about uh, not a killer story. That's a horrible way of putting it. Uh, a great story about his mum uh, and the troubles that that she's been in uh, with some some scammers that have uh, that have ripped her off quite a significant amount of money. You might have seen Marcel and his mum on The Project or on, I think it was The Current Affair, but they're doing, they're doing, they're doing, they're doing okay. They're doing okay. They haven't recouped it all. We'll go into that in the episode, but Marcel is doing great stuff to, uh, to try and help his mum out. And he, above all, is a brilliant comedian. He's a great actor. He's a wonderful improviser that he, uh, He's part of uh, the Newlyweds with his wife, uh, improv uh, team, crew, group, I don't know, someone tell me what it is, but he's a he's a brilliant comedian and he's a lovely, lovely guy. You guys are going to love it. Episode 18 with Marcel Blanche DeWilt. Hey Marcel, how you going? Hello. For some reason I started raising the roof because, I don't know, I just get excited from being introduced. Dude, I respect I respect that. That's so good. Raise the roof straight off the bat. How are you, man? What is what's been going on? I, I sort of talked to you a little bit before about gigging. We're not really not really gigging. You're too you're nervous. Nope. You're you're not sure about getting out. You don't want to get too excited. What do you feel? It's less about it's less about nerves and just playing with expectation. I I am someone that likes I don't know. I'm, I think I'm getting a little anxious in terms of risk taking and mm-hmm. making plans that are just going to be cancelled. It's hard to. I, I'm 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 very impressed by people that are making plans in yeah. in a pandemic. Yeah. Oh, that's it's so true. Like it is literally. I just cancelled. I think it was three or four shows in Brisbane, mm. and uh, you know there were like the guys are sort of talking to me, being like. You know, should we try for, we'll try for Feb, you know, let us know when you're keen. And I'm just, 
I can't do it. I, I don't want to. I've been looking forward to Brisbane for the last month. Now Brisbane's gone. And I'm like, I don't want to do, I don't want to play this yeah. game again. I don't want to say, let's do Feb. And then I spend all of Jam being like, bring it on. And then it's like, no, no. So Yeah. And then it starts to become like, well, what did you expect? You know, and people around you, it's like, yeah, of course that happens because, but some people are traveling. Some people are finding ways to do things. I think that some people are just lucky. And I think it just has to be a mentality of, taking that risk and, and booking those things but i'm trying to concentrate on things that are a little bit more in my control like What's one of my uh, things as well is like if, yeah. if i can just have less reliance on gatekeepers in my life that'll bring me more mental happiness as well oh dig in dig into that a little bit tell me a little bit about that who's well, who's gatekeeping who's gatekeeping for you and i don't mean like gatekeeping in that big way that you know comes up on twitter when people are like PC comedy gatekeepers in the same breath. I mean, more so just like how reliant our industry is on these little gatekeepers for little gigs that mean a lot to us because, you know, we like to get up wherever we can get up. But sometimes we'll jump through a lot of hoops for and, and expend a lot of energy jumping through hoops. Go, oh, can I get on your gig? Oh, please, can I get on your gig? And you realize, oh, wow, I'm doing a big song and dance for not much reward right now and sometimes mm. the reward is hearing from someone saying oh you know we'll keep you in mind and <laughs> i've been doing this for nine years and getting uh we'll keep you in mind from someone it, it can it can hurt so there is a little yeah. bit of armor going on i think as a result of just where i'm at and maybe where the world's at as well that it's hard to get excited when Number one, the gig can get cancelled. Number two, you feel like a little bit of an imposter. And number three, you're putting a lot of, you're expending a lot of energy into things that don't amount to much. Yeah, yeah. I am definitely feeling the, uh, I guess the, uh, what was the phrasing that you used? The, we'll keep you in mind. That is, I, I got a couple of we'll keep you in minds towards the end of last year. Now I'm getting, you know, same people, I'm getting no replies. Um, mm. And I'm like, oh no, we've, we've gone from, <laughs> we'll keep you in mind to no replies now. That's, well, because uh, as, in case people listening aren't in the comedy world, we'll keep you in mind means no. No, yeah. If they're interested, they'll say, oh, hey, things are getting in touch. You know, we're busy now, but we, we'll, we'll, we'll line up a gig soon. That's yep. something you want to hear rather than, We'll keep you in mind as a polite way of saying thanks but no thanks keep you keep you on the uh keep you on the line just a little bit you know just to keep you a little bit happy a little bit of bait <laughs> but still <laughs> no nah, that's yeah it's been it's been interesting like i uh i i was i guess i took for granted the we'll keep you in mind now there's been a couple of no replies i got a uh i got a um you know, kind of similar to it will keep you in mind but like we're just spreading out the gigs right now and then you see the same people on the lineup three weeks in a row and you're like oh okay we're just we're mainly just spreading it to our inner circle uh as and, I, and i'm fine with that i'm 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 never too upset I, there there are certain times where you're like oh okay um all right i, I do feel a little bit overlooked in those moments mm. but i'm never too worried about some like if, if a room wants to put their mates on good on them you know go running a room is a pretty thankless job and if you want to hang out with your mates go for it like i'm never 
so emboldened to be like, why not me? I'm like, ah, all right. All right. And you, in order to sort of make it in this industry, there does have to be a little bit of why not me? You have to have a little bit of that sort of blind delusion of like, it yeah. should be me up there and I'm going to make it me up there. Yeah, we kind of, uh, I guess we do have that mental, that mental illness there, don't we? That, uh, <laughs> that constant, like, uh, you know, even just watching, watching people getting Netflix specials and stuff and you're like, man, oh. for two seconds in my head, I'm like, I could have done that. And it's like, no, you couldn't, you psychopath. Like, <laughs> chill out. W what are you doing? That's insane. Um, I mean, there's a lot of successful sociopaths out there is what I'm trying to say. That is, yeah, that's very true. That's mm. very true. Um, so how did, uh, how did 2020, I guess, how did 2020 treat you? Did you lose your mind a little bit, not gigging creatively, picked up any endeavours that you had never really done before? It was, it was a bit of a mix of, of, of moments in my year. Like it, like everyone was saying oh that was this year like in, in relation to certain events and stuff like that mm. in the year was quite shapeless but I think a lot of people can relate to mm. um yeah like it was a messy year but for me like I came out on top job keeper sort of looked after me like um lovely and lovely. I survived it which was nice and I but you know I was but I, I would have liked to be performing more. I, I do miss that. I do miss performing opportunities. And that's another thing is, is just gatekeepers and COVID that are stopping me from really getting ambitious. Mm. And you know, I found myself writing more because at least I'm in control of writing other things. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I guess that's kind of why I'm, I think why I threw myself so headfirst into doing this sort of thing is because like, yeah, it's good to chat with people and see people and stuff. But end of the day, I guess it's, it's a bit creative and it's like, well, I control this and I'll decide when this goes out and I'll decide this and I'm my own gatekeeper. I'm in charge yeah. now. And that's a, health, um, that's a healthy choice. No, I'll take it. I'll take, are you, uh, do you have fringe stuff planned or are you skipping fringe this year? Yeah, I, I wasn't so brave to do that. And I, I've, I've been doing, I've been doing Adelaide Fringe for like 11 years or more, a show every year and, and then like for the past five or six years running venues as well, like curating yep, yep. venues for Adelaide Fringe. So my year was shaped by the Adelaide Festival and that meant that my finances were also shaped by that, sometimes for the better, sometimes for the worse. So it just adding the risk <laughs> of pandemic on top of what is already a risky venture. No. And I'm a little bit I'm a little bit sad by Adelaide to be honest. Like I have put a lot of time into that city, but I don't really see much of a result in that, unfortunately. Right. Like some some interstate as an international thing, oh Marcel, you're from Adelaide originally. You must get a bit of a hometown welcome when I go there. And well, at least during fringe time, I really don't like I have a couple of handfuls of people that will mm. come out and see me. Um, but there isn't like, a, oh, here we go. Here's everybody. Yeah, it's, it's really yeah. I, I don't want to sound ungrateful. I'm really great to see um, who does come. But there's no sort of incredible, huge thing. And I even had a moment this year or last year where um, 
and, I, and I've tried to train myself on this, that if you're performing in a show and you see a familiar face in your venue, you know, mm. before your show starts, don't assume they're coming to see your show because it can be really oh. heartbreaking when you're going, okay, I've got about five or 10 people in the show, in the audience tonight. Not great, but, you know, hopefully a few people will arrive and surprise me and you see a familiar face and your heart goes, oh, cool, they're here to see me. The yeah. show will go on. It's going to be better now because I've got a few more people. But I've, I've been hurt too many times being like, oh, hey, how you doing? You know, assuming they're here to see me and they're yeah, like, oh, hi, yeah. what's up? And I'm like, I'm putting on my show and realizing by the look in their eye that they're there to see someone else. Yeah. And uh, I, 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 you know, I tried to make sure I never did that again. I would just say, what oh, are you yeah. up to when I saw a familiar <laughs> face? But I saw a close friend, like an ex-close school mm. friend type at my venue that I was performing at. And I was like, well, they must be. Surely, <laughs> surely, surely. <laughs> this is a safe bet. And to be told to my face, like minutes before my show started, that, and I didn't know how many people would, were going to be in my audience. I knew it wasn't a lot to be uh, told. Oh, yeah, no, we're seeing the upstairs show. I was like, oh, yeah. And then, and then he said, oh, but we could maybe grab a drink afterwards. And I was like, yeah, maybe. And in my head, I was like, yeah. definitely not. Am I going no. to grab a drink? And you'd be like, so how would you show that we didn't go? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then you've got to be like, oh, how was the guy from the radio, probably, or something that you went and saw over me? How were, how were they? Um, but is, yeah. that the, is that the biggest one, do you think? Is that the, like, the ex-high school close friend? Is that the biggest one? Or do you think it's like, do you have, like, I don't know, like, um, cousin or something or something like that, where it's just like, what? Yeah. Like, well, yeah, the cousin didn't come as well. <laughs> so had that, how did you know? Um, and, and it's the thing, everyone's got more things going on. And, and, and some people might think performers sound a little bit uh, um, weird, but like for us, it is our most important thing in the world on the calendar Absolutely. year. Yeah. Um, and, and of course, our, our brain is therefore a little bit, we've got the blinkers on. So we can seem a little bit weird when people are like, you, you didn't know I had a show on? It's like, yeah, they're living their life. They've got yeah. bills and babies and all sorts of things. And we're like, but we have a funny show that's half written. What about coming to that and giving Thoughts? up? Your yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It is, it really is. It's like, I can, you know, uh, I can sort of be thinking about the close high school friends or even the close post high school friends uh, people that were in my bridal party, like both sides, you know, my wife's side, my side, where it's like, oh, but they didn't come. And it's like, maybe I just like them more than they like me. Okay, cool. I'll have that existential crisis right now. Um, mm -hmm. it, it's good. It's good, essentially. Would um, I go to their poetry reading? Would I go to their band? Would I go to this? And sometimes I have to check myself and realize, I probably had opportunities to support them in different ways that I probably mm. didn't automatically do. And yet, yeah. yeah. So I'm try I'd like to be better, a bit better at, at going to other people's shows. That's it. I mean, it's and like, man, I, yeah. I liked your, I liked your landscaping business on Facebook. Like, is this not a straight <laughs> swap of you coming to my show? Is that not how it works? I don't know. I love that you mentioned the landscaping business thing, because sometimes the things that people, I'm, I'm very sensitive when I send invitations are like a particular page to people like i'll make mm. sure I'm, I'm sending it to people that might actually like it or understand why they might want to support me on it but when it's like i click it and go oh this is like your brother-in-law's 
business, like a plumbing business in a city I don't live in. Like, I don't, there's no attachment for me to get no. involved with this. Like, uh, yeah, if, if I do move to <laughs> Melbourne or whatever, I'll, I'll keep him up here in the, you know, in the think tank or whatever, but I won't be, I won't be liking it now. Uh, that's yeah, a bit, I, that's a bit I too much. Um, you mentioned that Adelaide was a bit of a risky venture regardless of pandemic and crowd mm. restrictions and stuff. You mentioned something to me the other day about uh, a possible issue with a boss at a venue. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So does that make it riskier? I used, <laughs> I used to run venues. This this venue's dead. This venue's been empty. It's been abandoned. But when I used to curate venues, so my job was to direct the venue. So like mm. that meant everything from curating the artist to then overseeing operations for all things fringe festival so very busy job and uh, uh the the bar manager who was all in charge of all things bar he was an odd unit he was a character he was someone that was working way too hard and it turned out that he was um i thought he was involved in party drugs i thought he was involved in a bit of djing it's most that sort of thing oh you didn't hear this he did this thing you're like, oh okay that's pretty annoying that this person is involved in that but mm -hmm. it seemed pretty minor and and he was also a bit of an idiot like there was a moment when he he stepped in a broken glass because he would wear thongs behind the bar which is just a bad idea and then because he was working all the time for the fringe festival uh, hours because he was looking after the bar way more than he was supposed to because of his manager that was sort of telling him what to do yeah. Um, he didn't get it seen to he sort of wrapped himself and then his foot started ballooning like at an alarming sort of rate because oh. it was, I think it had become infected as a result and there was danger of him losing the foot as a result of him ignoring it. <laughs> he lived in the oh bar. Um, he lived in the bar, which is also just sort of sad. He sort of had a makeshift couch that had sort of been converted to a bed in a space that we wanted to convert into a performance into a, venue. So yeah. one of our spaces <laughs> was also just... one. His, his smelly bedroom and as we're trying to bump things in like we're having to be like oh hey do you mind getting your you know bag of closed. laundry yeah. out of here yeah yeah Ugh. oh my god so um it's it's december i think this was 2018 2017 something in that mm. ballpark um and uh 2017 yeah um which means Fringe is just around the corner, it kicks off in February. There's a lot of big prep that happens in January. And in December, I got a text from my friend Lewis Dow with a screenshot and just said like, hey, is this the same Chris that works there? And I was like, what, what is this? Who sends a screenshot? I need all, more information than mm. just this one little grab of <laughs> yeah. news. So now I'm gonna have to be doing the sleuthing. And it was an article about a meth bust in WA where one ton of meth had been seized, which was like the biggest meth bust that had ever happened in Australia, I think. Wow. And it was it was the manager and also his his higher up, both yeah. involved in this huge meth bust. So I think it'd come in from China and they had been caught loading the van, which I think was then gonna be headed to Perth or Adelaide, something like that. But it was like, oh my God, did this hire one of the biggest morons that I've ever met for such a big operation. Just yeah. was, it was insane. It was insane. That's see, that's that's so crazy. Like this is a guy 
literally, like you said, one of the biggest morons. This is a guy that's almost losing a foot for not taking control of it. Or and he, was a, he was in his 40s or something. Like, he should have known better. Yeah, he should have dealt with cuts before uh, <laughs> or wearing thongs behind a bar or, you know, having your own bedroom that's not possibly a uh, going to be a performance space. Um, yeah, right. So do you know what happened? Did he, did they end up serving time? Are they? Yeah, he'd know? still be in prison, I believe. Um, <laughs> yeah, he, he was in the news a little bit, like, at the time because he was also once a, a DJ of some repute, even though there was once a time um, in the beer garden post shows, like, we would try and, you know, hang out, make it a little bit of a party vibe. And he'd struggled to even know how to put a playlist together. So I don't know how much of a DJ he was, but yeah. like the news like managed to put an article together because he'd posed with Elton John and Ted Danson at a few events. So it was like celebrity DJ gets done for a ton of meth. That is such a contrast of people of Elton John to Ted Danson to yeah, wow, to to meth, to the biggest bust in <laughs> I'm sure you could find a connection. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So what what happens with what happens with Fringe? Do you literally do you guys have to find new managers, or is do you just leave that venue completely and start fresh? Well, this was the nightmare: is that we had all these artists that were there for depending on us to sort of figure it out, and we told them pretty early on what had happened, but didn't want to spook them, um, and we ended up after a lot of stress getting another manager in there because it wasn't our venue like it was the landlord that had to therefore find someone else to handle mm. that lease on a temporary basis so it ended up being a guy from the crazy horse in adelaide that ended up taking that lease over as a pop-up venue for right. just a month so it saved it saved the festival for us and saved us and the artists a lot of hardship but then it became a bit of a weird situation where now we have Crazy Horse people in our fringy yeah. fringy pub. Crazy, crazy Horse is a, um, a strip club, right? Is it a strip club? Yeah. yeah. It was the same Crazy Horse that Shannon Noll got punched out the front of. <laughs> that's, I love that that's the, uh, that's the claim to fame for the Crazy Horse. Adelaide doesn't have that much going on. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So, wow. So risky, risky no matter what. Your guy gets done trafficking meth gone new venue now being run by fuck probably something i mean there's probably some sort of meth connection there still somehow with the crazy horse people or we hey, this is on the regular so yeah. like, <laughs> i'll only talk about people that are currently in prison in you know? prison proven all right well let's move on to someone else that's fruit now um <laughs> you're you are i'm just gonna move slightly with this broken ankle very easy to do um you are not you are not a member of the dead dad society as such uh maybe an not honorary that I know of. <laughs> nothing see i guess that all that all ties into it so let's say honorary member right honorary right. member um so you don't particularly you don't particularly have any kind of contact or like what's the i, I know you sort of semi briefly talk about it on stage but what uh, mm. uh you know without being like go back and tell me what what happened what what uh what transpired early on yeah, so my, yeah my parents divorced when i was three and he was he was in the picture and this is this has another fringe connection as well because that's how my life revolves around it and my identity is embroiled 
uh, in Klein with all things Fringe Festival. Yep. Uh, yep. So I'm also practicing not having that as part of my life in 2021. Um, yeah, you, that's why you don't have that identity. That's why you're not sure about who you are anymore as 2021. Who am I? <laughs> so yeah, they, they divorced when I was three and uh, he lived in Canberra and we moved to Adelaide. So we would see them, I would see dad on about an annual basis and mum was the one that drove us up. I think maybe twice he came down to Adelaide, you know, and our sort of, um, when we were kids, I got two older brothers and they were much more jaded by their divorce experience. I was, you know, two or three, so I didn't have a real sense of what having a dad mm. was. Yep. So, you know, even hearing your story on your episode, like those are moments and seeing it in movies, I'm reminded of like, oh, having a dad looks pretty cool. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not bad. You know, it's not bad. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I quite, I quite liked it. Um, you know, if we, if we are, if we're, if we're, uh, what do we do? If we're, if we're choosing between yeah. dad, no not dad, and having one, uh, yeah. pretty good, pretty good. But people in your, people, in, like, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but people in your shoes, and it's very American, I think, as well, that American movie of like reconnecting with the lost dad and some people who have good relationships with their dad are like oh yeah you should reconnect with your dad like you know mm. you shouldn't lose that but for me i was raised by my mum and for another component my brothers as well yeah um, yeah if you've seen the movie have you seen onward did you watch onward last year i didn't know it's 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 on the list though I rec- yeah, yeah i recommend checking it out because that that had that hit me as as a as a child of divorce, there's a there's a really and 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 a someone with brothers like it Pixar. They surprised me. They they got me. They anyway, got you. That's a they got you. Uh, I also <laughs> like films, um, but the oh. fringe connection is so in like 2016 or so, I was making a show that was inspired by a story at my wedding, where um, my best man he did a speech about how we both grew up with absent dads and mm-hmm. uh, you know it was a really touching speech you know it wasn't your typical best man speech where you know they're talking about embarrassing stories and stuff it was about hey isn't it nice that we had each other isn't it nice that we had sort of surrogate fathers in movies like robin williams like isn't mm-hmm. it nice that um we made it work and there was a lot of love in it and then my dad was at the wedding because it was one of those things at where our relationship was at the time it was like Oh, I guess I'll just invite him. He's a bit of a nothing person in my life. We don't really speak that much or see each other, but there's the odd, I think we were at birthday text level. Yeah, right. And, yeah. I, and I would text him on Father's Day. I think that's the general area that we were, but phone calls were not really a thing by that time. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, so dad comes up to me after the speech and he says, you should tell your best man that you didn't have an absent father, which was odd because, as you, if you were listening closely, I did. Um, yeah, it's a strange. Mo- it's a strange move. It's a very strange <laughs> yeah. move at, at a wedding, where, I mean, unless he's lying to himself, that is a very strange move to be like. First of all, this is the time to say it, uh, like instead of giving you a call a week later and being like, "Hey, your best man." Uh, mm. You might want to tell him this, but, but wild, wild stuff. To um to sort of have this idea that like seeing someone once a year um equates to not being absent, 
is is pretty crazy. He also had this warped idea that like paying child support and I guess maybe the weekly-ish phone call in our youth meant that he was present. Right, right. Mm-hmm. And what was your reaction at the wedding? Uh, I, to be honest, I can't actually remember what my exact reaction was. I think I, I think I might have just said, I can't remember if I was just gobsmacked or whatever. I'd have to go back and listen to recordings of the show. But I can tell you this, is that, um, you know, telling the, sharing the story in, in the form of my stand-up show from years ago would have just cut right to the reaction and then, like, explaining the moment to the audience rather than, like, and here's the clever Oops. thing I said to my dad because there probably, yeah. probably wasn't anything. I probably was like, okay, I'm going to go over here now. Yeah. Um, it probably yeah, yeah. was as ordinary as that. Um, you know, not wanting to make a, a, a moment of it, not wanting to make a scene and, and not having the passion to, that's the thing as our relationship is so dispassionate. It wasn't yeah. like, I didn't have a moment of going, well, you were, how dare you? Um, but anyway, so it inspired a print show, I think the following year. And, uh, and, and the show is more about my best man it was called the best man it was more about yep. our relationship than it was my relationship with my dad but i did yep. use it in the in promo and I, and I did a bit of online promo for it with a comic called jason chong in adelaide um, mm-hmm. and that was put online and in the promo i said something to the effect of oh yeah the show's about my absent dad and i think i even told the best man story in um the interview yeah and yeah and dad must have seen this on facebook and he sent me a text and just like went off at me via text. I might even see if I can. You want me to pull it up, please? You still, if you still <laughs> got it, oh please. I haven't, I haven't, I haven't looked at this in a while. This is this would be somewhat cathartic, maybe. Um, me and my dad have never like fought, really. Never really. I never really raised my voice to him or anything like that. Um, so is that? Um... You were saying, was that 2016 that you said? So by that logic, if you're looking at your phone now, there really is not that many texts from 2016 to, to now. It's a, I assume you're scrolling past a lot of happy birthdays well, yeah, yeah. right now. <laughs> no, none of them. No, no. Yeah, he's still in my phone somewhere, I'm pretty sure. Or oh, under his actual name. Uh, oh, I got a happy 30th. Oh, Merry Christmases. Oh, here we go. All right, so I did get some happy birthdays that I never replied to. Now it's on you. Looking at the texts and seeing I haven't replied, I, I, feel, I, feel, I feel bad, but um, I don't really. So, <laughs> um, yeah, so he, he, said, he replies to me. He said, well, out of nowhere, I get a message saying, uh, Marcel saw your fringe interview exclamation point. I'm like, oh, maybe he's excited Ooh, about it. He's got some notes and for me. He says, number one, you're not Dutch, so I must have mentioned that I'm I have Dutch heritage in my thing. I, I think I think um, the host might have asked me about my last name. It's Blanche De Wilt, and I said, oh, De Wilt is Dutch, and Blanche is nothing. Uh, yeah, <laughs> well, that's that's angle. how he that's um, how he starts. That's uh, that was two, the most important thing to him. Essentially, was. <laughs> It's got to get across that we're but not Dutch. And also such a weird, yeah, it's such a weird thing to point out as well. Like if your mum's like your mum has your mum's born in Holland, 
uh, you know, so therefore I, I, I consider myself ethnically Dutch. Mm, yeah. You know, just yeah, yeah, yeah. Half, you know, because yeah. I think I am, I'm pretty sure until I'm told this. Um, and it's <laughs> nice to have some identity beyond like, I'm white Australian. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, my, my opa was in, it was in Auschwitz. I want to be able to have something to be able to go. I've got proper heritage um, in Europe. The fact, yeah, the fact that you can even say, do you have a, is it Alpa or Alpa? Sorry, mm. I mispronounced it. But the fact that you can even say that, it's like, oh, that makes me feel good. But then dad's like, no, nah, I'm taking it. You're not Dutch. Uh, yeah, I'm more, on, I'm more Dutch than I am a dad Australian, whatever bland <laughs> shit that is. I mean, his name's Blanche, which is like derivative of Blanche, which is white in French. That's, so like, that's, that's the whitest. <laughs> that's the whitest name. That's the whitest name. Um, What's his second point? Number two. Uh, if you're going to quote me, get it right. Otherwise, it is not a quote. I said you did grow, not grow up without a father. I was not dead. So, okay. So I'm pretty sure he said, hey, you should tell your best man I wasn't absent. But no, he wants to sort of say, I said you didn't grow up without a father, which I think means the same thing. Yeah, look, I mean, uh, the word absent is now actually just absent. Um, so, I mean, we could, it's, uh, he's clutching at straws, he's pulling at hairs or clutching at straws or whatever he wants to do at this point. If you say, like, if you want an apple and you're like, oh, these apples are absent, I don't have any apples, you know, I'm without apples. <laughs> Does he have more points? What's it, or is it very succinct? Just nice two points. Number three, he says, "I did not move you to SA, so I must have said something to that effect." Of and you know, then we moved to like I did in this interview, and then we moved to Adelaide after the divorce. I didn't say that. Oh, that's what moved he moved me. You know, mum moved because he needed familial support in another state. Yeah, you know, yeah, that, yeah, that's yeah. usually what moves you is needing to some sort of if you're assistance. a single mother with three sons, you might look for something. Um, yeah, <laughs> that isn't the man that uh, cheated on you, that had an affair with you. You might be like, I might not. I want to might not want to be around this guy. No, Fair. no, no. Um, <laughs> and number four, if you want to insult me, do it to my face, like at the wedding. So, yeah, he felt quite insulted by being told okay. about his effect on my life. All right, that's a little bit. Uh, that's almost a, a little bit of a dad version of meet me in the car park, almost. Like yeah, if you want to do, do it, do it to my face. Like, what is he? What did you? Did you reply, or did you not give it much thought? I did because I, I, I was in the. I remember I was in the beer garden post show, feeling pretty good about to start. A, you know, I was hosting a late show there, so I was getting fired up for that as well. Um, I said, "Ah, good one. If you're offended, it's not by something I did. You can't just change the past, Dad. Once a year does not a present father make. Good try, though." You know, I think that's pretty good. Pretty, I like you know, it. I like it. Solid. I like you know, passionate. I think we both could have had a, you know, he could have made had a, had a good night's sleep before he sent his first message anyway. Um, when it comes to like, hey, will this ruin our relationship for good? Probably. Yeah. Then he said, try looking up respect in the dictionary. Ask your mother for something other than alternative facts. I might not have been there, but my money certainly was. Okay, so we're coming back there again. We're going, yep, yep. Man, you've got you've. Yeah. Oh, that's a that's that's a couple of heavy hits before going on stage. I know, I know personally, going on stage, like <laughs> anything that's like, I don't know. I could be on stage, and if my wife messages me and is like, the baby woke up, like at home, I'm like, oh, well, the night's ruined. Like, 
yeah, oh my yeah, god yeah. whereas you're you know you're getting child support throughout you're you're not dutch anymore like there's so much <laughs> I, forgot, I forgot about the you're not dutch man i gotta remember that before i eat in these spickles or um wear my clogs around the place <laughs> it's yeah you're culturally <laughs> culturally appro- appropriating dutch culture yeah. um wow wow okay but that was actually that was actually the end of that so i i think i was like gobsmacked at him like dropping that mic of like i might not have been there but my money certainly was which which is also owning up to like yeah i wasn't around but i've yeah, spent a lot of yeah. money on child support yeah. um which you're legally 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 obliged to do legally yeah. obliged yeah sorry my my um my jargon um and then <laughs> later that year so that would yeah so it was 2017 later that year i messaged on father's day happy father's day yeah, and I, th- yep. I th- and I think, and he replied, "Thank you." And I think there might have been. I feel like I feel like my happy father said there was a bit of a snarky tone to it of like, if I've messaged that in the text chain, the last message he would have seen is his yep. asshole text. Mm-hmm. So I think I wasn't like being like, "How? Are, hey, water under the bridge." I think it was like, "Hey, remember you're an hey. asshole." Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then I guess you're also banking on him having a phone that has a history, not a. He's an old, probably he's an older gent. It's probably the old school where it just pops up. And oh, he's he's got a government job. He's he's doing fine. He's doing if, all right. If anyone, pictured, if anyone pictured him as like a deadbeat in a trailer, they've got the wrong image. He's he's, he's doing fine. Yeah. <laughs> what do you say? You mentioned before the whole. Uh, I guess glamorizing like American movies or whatever TV shows glamorize the whole reconnecting thing. Um, and even like you're sort of saying people that are in similar situations to me, like might be like Marcel, like while he's around, like connect, connect. But also I guess that, like you said, it doesn't erase the past. Like I can still see that and be like, Oh no. Like why? Why well, you should tell me, Marcel like, try? What do you think? Do you like does does your heart go? Oh, you should reach out before the end, or like what? What do you think? Part of me does, but I guess also I am still doing that from my perspective of I'm thinking. So I'm feeling that I haven't seen my dad for a while, and still imagining the past with him. So when I'm going like, oh, you got to reconnect, you got to reconnect. I'm still having those emotions of my connections if that makes sense whereas i'm not putting myself in your shoes who has felt you know like having an absent father or let down or um and i guess also possibly and i mean your mum might not take it like this but like as like a disrespect to her almost like where you're like this guy that really didn't you know yeah his money was there like you said but or he said sorry but she was there. She was the one doing everything. Your brothers were doing everything. Mm. So it's almost like, you know, the fact that you're digging in wanting that you might want to reconnect with him is almost like not a slap in the face. Like, obviously that's a bit much, but do you know what I mean Mm. by that, by that logic or that comment? Yeah. Yeah. That definitely, that definitely is there. I've had people like my, my wife's dad, I think often maybe even through my wife be like, Oh, if he ever needs like a, fatherly person in his life I'm, I'm there which i which i consider sweet but at the same time like i'm not looking for that mm. like I, I i in some ways i am like there are certainly people that i've encountered 
in like the comedy scene that I sort of or in your sort of life that I'm like, oh, I want them to tell me they're proud of me. <laughs> like yeah. I do yeah. encounter those, those moments where I want that sort of fatherly pat on the back, but I don't want it from my dad. Like I'm not looking mm. for it from him because he doesn't know me. We don't have that sort of connection where like there's any foundation really that's there from like, you know, our relationship growing up was like maybe a weekend here and there once a year. And that weekend was like, oh, let's watch a movie and eat, a, yeah. eat a muffin somewhere. Like there was no like, <laughs> there's no bond to like reignite. Yeah. There's, no, there's yeah. no, and like sometimes people you know, have that sort of deathbed thing and, you know, not to be morbid and, and, and I apologize to bring that up when, when I can't no, really no. say deathbed so flippantly. No, no, no. But like that is a scenario that people bring up about like, oh, would I, um, you know, if, if I was called to their deathbed, would I answer the call? And I don't know. I, I think I've thought about it. I think the, the, the likeliest reason I would go to the deathbed is if my oldest brother, who's got more of a connection with dad, mm-hmm. was going. I might go to support him more yeah. than to support my dad. Um, that's sort of where I ended up. Yeah. I guess it, when you were saying before as well about the, uh, the connections or having people that you want to be proud of you, uh, you know, in comedy or whatever, you've got, you've got a connection and they understand who you are in the sense of like, if you want, uh, you know, Joe Blow, the big comedian that you like, you've gigged with a hundred times. You want him to be like, come and open for me. Or I love you. You're a really great comic, whatever. <laughs> I love you. Uh, oh. I, lo- I love you. What? It's got weird. I don't know. I should have started. I should have started differently. Um, but that, because you're meshing together as comedians, like that's where you're getting the respect from. That's why you want that. Um, I guess even with your wife's father-in-law, you want to impress him because you're married to his daughter and you want to look like you're providing yada, 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 or, you know, looking after his daughter, whatever, like as very um, 1950s as it sounds, but still in your brain, you're like, I want him to like me because I'm married to his daughter. Um, So you have that connection, but I guess, like you said, with your dad, it's just a, it's a muffin and a, and the mask or something. I don't know. I was (laughs) trying to make a 90s reference. Pretty yeah, accurate? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, it's, oh man, that is, yeah, very, I don't know. I, I don't personally take offense to the, like, you know, the, the deathbed or the commenting stuff. I think, I think this is also why the podcast has helped because I've just been like, just been talking to people and, you know, some people, uh, like I'm talking to Conchetta about everything to do with her dad and it's just like, mm-hmm you know, makes you so thankful for what you had, even though you've lost it, you, you're so thankful and you just appreciate the person that she's become with everything that she's been through, likewise with yourself, where you just appreciate how people have come out the other side of things. Um, yeah, I don't know if I would necessarily be feel negative about it, but... Um, I guess it's like, I guess it's the flippant sort of thing in hypotheticals when you're like, oh, that's a flippant hypothetical that some people have lived, you know, so it's, it, it, that was yeah. the only thing I was wanting yeah. to flag. It was, I didn't want to be flippant about the deathbed scenario. Because sometimes I do go, oh, wow, well, I, I, here's an older man. He'd be, you know, 68-ish. Um, mm-hmm. And I sort of, you know, and then with things like COVID, you kind of go, oh, I wonder, you know. And he also smoked like a pack a day when I saw him at my wedding, he did not look 
well. There was also yeah. like like when you see when you see like someone grow into that sort of person that and shout out to my dad if he's listening to this. Apparently he's like <laughs> Um, just got to get uh, across that you are not no, Dutch. I doubt, are not I doubt Dutch. he would. Um, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the You're Not Dutch podcast. Um, where think about people's please, ethnicity. Please, please start that. Uh, um, it's just you getting on all the people that claim to be Dutch. <laughs> and we'll get your dad to text them and fight them about being Dutch or not. Um, yeah. Um, what was I saying? Sorry, his his health, COVID. Yeah, know. yeah. So, I, that that is a sort of yeah. So when I saw him at the wedding, like there was like this level of like, oh, who is that? And that's not the man I want to grow. Like, I, I see nothing of myself in that man, and I wouldn't want to see anything of myself in that man. I don't relate to that man. That is not the sort of man that I would want to be proud of me. That's not the sort of man that I'm aiming yeah. to impress. Is there uh is there health like is there health uh, history in the family like with him or yourself yeah. or anything? No. Yeah, right. I've got high blood pressure. That's about as exciting as it gets. Oh, oh. Tell mm. me high blood I, and you're thirty one, thirty two. Thirty two. Thirty two. And how do you high blood okay, so is it literally like taking medicine to control? said yeah stuff. it's so boring though it's so boring having high blood pressure like I, I know it's real and it's going to get more real as i go along and i could stand to lose some weight to sort of combat it and i'm at an mm. age now 32 like how old are you 32 32 yeah so 32 i feel is at an age where you like you start being like oh hey um probably take care of myself so in 30 years i feel mm. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sweet uh, you know and then i can live a longer life like i'm not yeah um, I'm not as young as I once was. I still feel young, but it's yeah. time to start investing. Just like your bank account, you're like, oh, I might actually start thinking for the future. Five, yeah. years, at, five years at a time, or ten years at a time, rather than one year at a time. That's it. And all the things, so, I guess, are um, high blood pressure. It's the same sort of thing. Yeah, all the I guess all the things that I've always heard in movies. Uh, you know, you get older, and it's high blood pressure, and this, and it's that, and it's it's hard to go to the toilet it's harder to go to the toilet and then you're like that's so crazy what an old man thing and then you're 32 and you're like man it was actually kind of hard to go to the toilet today um yeah. or har harder than what it's previously yeah. been um how do you how do you find out about the high blood pressure like what do you is there any kind of um emergency what's a, what's a high blood pressure emergency i don't even know or is that stroke. death um, yeah that's the thing yeah <laughs> having, a, having a stroke my my um my my mum's a nurse. My brother's a nurse. I think he uh, I think my brother was practicing taking um blood pressure measurements, something like mm -hmm. that when he was studying. There was some scenario where we were just in the lounge room at my mum's house. I think probably ten years ago now, something like that. I was like, oh, let's check your blood pressure too. It's like okay, and then I was like quite high, and initially yeah. I thought it was a joke. Like when my brother was like, oh, this is actually pretty high, and then being like, oh, okay, yeah, good one. And then mum being like, oh, actually, let's get a proper resting measurement and have you sit down for 10 minutes and, and test this again and being like, oh, this is properly high. But the most boring thing, well, I guess boring slash fortunate is they did all the tests. Like I went mm. to the, a specialist and they did like a renal thing and they do, and they do this one where they inject you with this um, particular thing for scans and, the, and it makes you feel like you, they say, now this injection will make you feel like you've weed yourself. You haven't, yeah. but it will make you feel yeah. like you have. Yep. Yep. And 
I got that and I was like, I know you said that it would make like it, I haven't, but I have. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm pretty sure. I, I definitely <laughs> have done it now. <laughs> I've done it despite you. Um. Yeah. <laughs> Don't tell me what I can and can't do or what I shouldn't <laughs> shouldn't feel. Um, yeah, shit. But what so, was lame is like I was sort of like wondering, oh, they might find something and that they'll be able to go, oh, it's this. Let's do this and 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 fix it or whatever. I was a little bit scared that they might find something awful, but I I thought they might find a, uh, something to solve. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. But they couldn't find a good answer for it, and they ended up after all the tests, just going, "We'll put it under family history because your Omar had high high blood pressure," and that, which was like later in her life, I assume. Like there was no real sort of, like, "Oh yeah, there's a family history of you getting high blood pressure at 22." Um, there's a family history of depression. Everyone's got that in my family, but um, yeah, right. Yeah, I thought I missed that boat for a while. I was like, oh, I now I got it. Um, oh, there it is. Now I'm depressed. I'm depressed about my high blood pressure. That's uh, <laughs> it's, I'm furious. Yeah. So, so the my specialist, and I don't even know if I really liked my specialist. I might have to seek out a new one in the future. He was like, okay, here's the medication. You know, you can start this now, but just know that you will have to take it every day for the rest of your life um and i was like i guess i'll start taking it then he's like oh you won't see any you know effects until you know your late 30s of high blood pressure I'm like well what else am i supposed to do not take it i'll just yeah. start taking it and control my blood pressure sooner rather than later yeah so it yeah, yeah. No, it didn't feel very professional is it costly like or is it a subsidized like uh was it ndis or whatever it's called Depending on the chemist, it's like ten to fifteen dollars a month. It's that sort of ballpark. Okay. It's not. It's not huge. It's probably like if I if I did the maths, I'd probably be a little bit disturbed by how much I have spent on That's, it. Yeah, your blood your blood pressure is going to go through the roof if you read that. It, you'll be yeah. furious. <laughs> <laughs> and there are moments where I where I um um I do forget to take it, and that like I learned later on after doing some googling that's not good you should remember to take it every day it's it's bad to have it jumping ah. around which makes plenty of sense but you know memory is not great sometimes you're like oh i've got to take it and then you're like oh fuck. oh shit i better do that oh man yeah. that's crazy that's uh but it's so... not a, it's not an ailment where you sort of know like oh that rash is back i should take my medicine and now the rash is gone like with high yeah. blood pressure it's such an invisible thing that taking this medication, you're like just having to assume that it's doing its job. Doing something, yeah, yeah. It's not like you, if you don't take it, the the vein on your wrist is like going insane or something, and you're like, oh my, yeah. oh, my my bloody tablet, I better take it. <laughs> yeah, and your wrist your wrist just calms down from there. You start helping um, out. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, big thing was it to, uh, everything to do with your mum? So the mm. the the stuff with your mum. <laughs> Yeah. So speaking of high blood pressure, fuck this would probably bring it on. Um, was this every, like, Oh, we can go into it obviously a little bit in depth, but it was it 2018 or 2019 or was it actually 20? Cause I remember everything sort of coming out 2020, mm. but was it 2018, 2019 that it happened or. It was 2020. So a lot of people assume that because of the extent of the damage that it must've been a long thing. It really, it really wasn't. It was just, it was a few months. Right. So what happened was is that my mum was scammed by an online scammer, what's called a romance scam, where someone was lured into a situation via um, online dating. 
that classic thing that you know plenty of reasonable reasonable people would you know go oh how could you fall for that sort of thing but you know remember yeah. like but I, I didn't think my mum would ever fall for it either so it can happen to the best of us and my mum's yeah, a yeah. generous soul and um was looking for companionship and that's when they get you they get you when you're feeling vulnerable um so yeah. you know someone on a, on a website saying hey you know let, let's chat on skype rather than this website and and you know having this well-built routine of how to get someone on your side before you start um asking them for money in some um you know clever sort of ways mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. you know they've done it a million times and they'll do it a million more times but my mum happened to be a victim of it and she, she lost um close to a hundred thousand dollars which for a nurse that had three boys and you know lost a shared super between her and my father yep. um, which she thinks is, she's owed some money from that but she'll never see it because yeah right an asshole. um <laughs> yeah just sort of lost everything man so looking at the uh, i guess you're looking at the i guess there's a some sort of chat history or a chat uh, conversation history like you can see the where things are being planted to sort of manipulate and build that relationship and then eventually be like hey like i need some help yeah that's oh man it's so yeah so i was put in a situation where so i was yeah i i, I was in adelaide at the time doing fringe 2020 and it was like day two of my run and I was performing at a daytime gig when my brother messaged me and said, hey, call me back. And I, I was like, I'm about to go on stage. And I, so I did my gig and then mm. I called him and he told me the news. Um, and I was initially very angry and upset and annoyed and all the emotions. And I, I got pretty quickly to compassion because I've read and seen stories about these sort of scams before. And I, I know that this is how it happens. And I know that the victim is the victim there's no sense in victim blaming there's mm-hmm. no sense in being angry or frustrated it just gets down to let's get down to sympathy and compassion quickly because things yeah. have to be solved and i was staying with mum so i knew well my job's going to be to start working you know on you know, figuring out the damage because initially my brother was the one that confronted her about it she'd been asking him for a, a bit of support with some credit card bills yeah, she was beginning to suspect like, oh, I, this is going wrong, but, but way too embarrassed to sort of see the light. Yet. Of course, yeah, it's hard to and, hard to um, acknowledge that. Like, you wouldn't want to. You'd feel yeah. like again, don't want to. You're not putting down victim or anything, but she would feel silly taken for a ride. Obviously, I mean, she was taken for a ride, so I mean, that's not a negative thing. But yeah, it would be hard to was, to yeah. speak out. She was totally humiliated, and a lot of people in her situation will keep it a secret if they if they can get away with it. They'll 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 try and keep that a secret for as long as they possibly can. Because imagine the shame! Like that shame would be so intense that if yeah, like, you have to, you could not have the courage to be like, "Hey, this happened," so it has to come out in sort of an unpleasant way. And I, I even had in my um campaigning some um with the media and with the GoFundMe and I had people coming to me to be like hey I think this is happening to my mom how would you recommend confronting her about it right. and I'm no expert but I'm just like just do it and and, yeah. and it's sad that people are in a situation where they know a scam is happening but mm-hmm. um are having to convince someone that it's happening yeah wow so 
how how long uh, like you said the damage was pretty quick but how mm. like what's the you know from the start of the dating app to the realize that or you know revelation to yourself how long is that roughly yeah it was like late late december 2019 to start of march so pretty pretty small window of time to lose that amount of money but yeah well the scammers i think they get emboldened and also the victim i think you know gets more desperate to be like well okay just a little bit more and and and, and we'll see mm-hmm. you know because the idea with this particular scam is Oh, I live in Adelaide, but I'm out on business at the moment. But if you do this, then I'll be able to get home. Oh, actually, now I need you to do this so I can get home. And oh, actually, I'm home right now, but I'm with my daughter, so it might not be the best time for us to meet. But I'm go- I'm going to be back. You know, so just delay tactics right. and right, right, right. Just always giving just enough to keep the person on the edge. But like, because my job was to essentially be forensic um, investigator. Uh, financial financial forensic investigator i was going back through my mum's skype messages with this guy to sort of assess how much money had been lost going through my mum's um um, banking app to see how much had been lost you know thinking Mm -hmm. oh she's lost i I think my brother said you know 75 or you know something was 60 ish and then realizing like doing having to do the sums in front of my mum and being like very business-like like i felt like a proper grown-up and being like yeah oh shit i'm having to do some real shit here by myself. like a like a hat like one of those like accountants <laughs> yeah, hats. Visor, yeah. yeah yeah like yeah. a mask yeah, yeah. um <laughs> and yeah being like oh shit it's closer to a hundred thousand dollars you know seeing this money coming out of her account and just waking up the next you know bunch of days um, but especially early on and, and like hoping it was a nightmare, like hoping it had yeah, not of course. happened. Just because realizing, oh, this is, I'm having to shoulder this burden. But, you know, along the way, like mom was very thankful and, and we, we ended up raising close to $10,000 and I ended up um, getting a lot of her credit card debt down um, with the help of a friend. Special shout out to Mark David for offering me some advice on, on that. Um, I hope he wouldn't mind me saying that. Uh, That's right. but what was the what was the advice? Can you pass on the advice, or is it? Um, well, the gist of it, without being too boring, was that um, you can fight your debt, and you can right. you can negotiate your debt, and if it does get to a debt collection level, you can sort of negotiate your debt to be like, ah, oh, for this amount of debt, I will give you this much. Um, can we make a deal on this debt? Right. Because whoever yep. bought the debt has has bought it for a lesser rate as of well. Course. Yeah. Um, and this was on yeah. more compassionate, a compassionate debt collection agency than like a more evil one. But mm-hmm. I was very glad to be able to have raised enough money to be able to get that down to a much smaller amount. And also to mean that no one was going to be chasing mum for that money. She still lost a lot through her bank account. So, you know, all up, you know, there's still, she's still, you know, 70 to 80 grand in the hole, but at least no one's knocking on her door anymore. Yeah, that's, well, yeah, that's so good. That's, uh, you know, obviously not so good, the 70 to 80,000, that's horrible. Mm. But just the the ways that you've have managed to, I guess, lower that worry for her in a time where worry is probably pretty high, pretty stressful. Yeah. 
she's, um, she's a lot she's a lot happier like that then that's the thing it was such an easy thing and i kept telling her all the time like this is easy for me to do because my motivation is saving my mum's life because yeah. the big the big truth of the matter and because i called i called my wife i called my brother called me then i called mum, and you know she said she'd get, come and collect me and we'd start you know visiting some police stations who do nothing for you because it's international so they like yeah. well go to these websites buying you're like ah oh, uh compassionate compassion would be nice yeah but, um i called my <laughs> wife and she reminded me i hadn't i hadn't my brain hadn't thought this through yet but she was like your mum's gonna be suicidal you know like, oh yeah good point yeah. and i just started yeah. crying in the street because i just that hit me of like oh not only could this person have sold my mum's money it could easily lead people and does often to just Absolutely. go well i've lost all my money where's the nearest bus to throw myself under and mum had made that same comment to my brother um so having that motivation of you want to save your mum's life let's get to work you're like okay great i can do that yeah. she's she's raised me and, and and you know she's raised three sons um and had a you know a lot of tough times along the way yeah so yeah. I, I can do this and and that was that was the first you know that was 2020 for me um and it's still ongoing i'm still uh, i have a complaint on going to the financial ombudsman on the grounds that the bank should have caught the scam i'm hoping right. to hear sometime this month whether that um complaint holds any weight i'm i'm told like the complaint is a justified complaint yeah. whether we'll see any compensation for that remains to be seen right. so like right, right. still almost a year later i'm still in it because I, I i i wanted to have i wanted to put up a fight i didn't want to just be like all right roll over and whatever i was like yep what can we do you know what fights can we have and that was like negotiating the debt and investing and crowdfunding and going yeah. to the media it was like yeah. how much can i do because i've got time um COVID's happening I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm locked indoors but then i was on a current affair they came to my house and that was very strange uh, actually it was on the project yeah. anyway i was on the project as well um wow. i don't think i've seen the yeah. pro i definitely saw the current affair one i don't think i saw the project i'll have to look that up well you can check it out on i think it's on my youtube, <laughs> it's, on my YouTube. Uh, it's got a lot of views uh it's gone pretty good um not really yeah. <laughs> man so i guess like you said like sh you know you wanting obviously wanting to do these things to help your mum out but also essentially save her life she's had um uh, you know raised three boys single mother had plenty of hard times by herself um and i guess at the end of the day is the whole reason she got scammed was the fact that she was looking for something for her you know, she's obviously the boys are all grown up. She's a bit older now. She's looking for love or she's looking for some companionship. And then that's how it turns out. Like that's, mm. I mean, that's probably going to make her probably uh, pretty skeptical to trust people and connect and move forward. Yeah. And that's the saddest thing. She was like, well, I'm not going to do online dating again. I, I remember she said online dating or just, yeah, I think she said, and I was like, oh, well, it's a real shame to like i understand being hesitant but it's a real shame to then start receding into the shell so mm. to speak um and, and I, the advice i'd want to give people and the advice i gave people when, when i did way more media than i thought i would because once we did the project also then like a couple of magazines got in touch with me and i was like oh shit 
and it ended up becoming quite exhausting to do all this media and, and, and talking about like, it constantly. Yeah, I had discussions with mum whether how much of it she was up for, and and we one of the magazines actually paid us okay. Nothing else paid you for your time, mm. and I thought, oh well, they'll at least advertise the GoFundMe, and that might boost that up. And they, half of them sort of, uh, you know, they, you know, they sort of mentioned it, but not in a way that anyone watching would be able to go, oh, right down there. Click it, yeah, yep. Yeah. So what was cool about it was I would have posted on Facebook and people that knew us were able to go, oh, cool, this is, this is real. They're, they're, yeah. this, is a, this is an interesting way to share the story. So connections to me donated as a result of um, uh, Current Affair and the project. Yeah. But it, wasn't like free to air TV isn't what it once was. Also, there was a real ugly side of it as well that I had my blinkers on and didn't fully comprehend. Like, of course, I should have seen it coming that the comment section on a current affair Twitter and and Facebook was going to be broke. But like, yeah, I was like, oh, this is horrifically sad. Like, people have zero. Comp- like, I'm speaking generally, no. of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have no compassion for romance scams. You are no. an idiot. Where yeah. as far as the comment section is concerned. Yeah, see, that's that's like you obviously, you, you do the one thing, like maybe you do a current affair first or something. And like you said, you're, you're checking in with mum to see what she's comfortable with doing and stuff. And you're like, am I going to, you know, maybe she's not necessarily scrolling all the comments, but you're like, there is something that I'm opening her up to a bit more mm. bullying yeah. or drama there. It's like, should we just, you know, do a current affair and call it at that? Or do we... Do we do a yeah, bit more so and maybe there's some I was, more? Yeah. I was nervous about entering into other things, but like with each one, it was like, all right, we'll just like the project we've we'd already sort of lined up and we thought, you know, hopefully it will just boost the GoFundMe a little bit. And mum was really eager to share her story because she thought if I can stop one person from being yeah. in a similar situation, then that's great. And we did. Like there was at least a handful of people that got in touch, which I hope means that there was even more people that, you know, had a reaction that didn't get in touch or realize that their parent was being scammed. Like I had someone let me know that like one of their parents, like their parents' romance scam led to them losing their house. I think it was like upwards of, you know, a couple of thousand, a hundred thousand dollars, you know, um, uh, you know, complete life ruining stuff. So I was glad that even even though mom didn't have that much money for her retirement, because she could have stood to, if she had more, she might have lost more, which is even sadder in a way. Yeah. And what, like, what were they asking? They're sort of asking for, was it money for plane tickets, money for, I can't get back, I'm in a hotel or something, you know, like just stuff like that? Or is it? It's, it's that same old bullshit. And it will sound, sound so stupid repeating it, but it's that sort of stuff of like, oh, uh, hey, here's, you know, here's a, my, a link to my bank account and you can see the millions of dollars that I have. But um, I just need you to transfer this so I can unlock that. Just bullshit. I need you to pay, pay the insurance fees on this. The, the the bank account thing is a separate thing. Like that's a seed planting moment when they go, oh, hey, honey, like um, I'm, I, I, my internet's lousy. Can you just check this link for me and see if the m- money's gone in? And then, yeah. and then the victim is saying, oh, shit, this guy's got a healthy bank account. Um, yeah. And it makes it look all legit. Legit, yeah, if, yeah saying oh hey can you send this money for this gold that i need to get across international lines <sighs> bullshit or like oh hey this my lawyer my my passport has been 
um, confiscated only to pay a lawyer fee. Like it's this sort of bullshit. But wow. when you're not in it, when you're yeah. not enamored by this person who's offering you lifelong companionship, family, um, like those were the priorities over money. But money is a key thing as well because mum's not greedy, but she's never had a lot. So the idea of her being able to like give gifts to her sons, like she mm. was thinking, she'd said to me like a night or two before the scam came out, she said, oh, hey, your business where you produce shows and stuff, like how would someone invest in that? And I think I thought at the time that she was just making conversation, but she was thinking of ways that she could support me and like support yeah. her. Like she, yeah. she was dreaming up ways of being able to go, oh, with this money, I'll be able to invest in Marcel and, 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 and you know, do this and do that and do holidays and, 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 and leave money in my will to my son. So she was dreaming of how she could pass this nice stuff Man. on. So it's so heartbreaking. Oh man, it makes it so much, it's, it's so much, like it's obviously a pretty sad situation, but obviously all the, all the positives, uh, all the, uh, sorry, all the motives behind what your mum was doing is all positive. So I guess it's... The fuckheads in the comment section would love to be like, oh, look at this greedy person, like, but uh, it's, it's such a two-dimensional way of looking at it. Yeah, yeah. Man, thank you for sharing. Thank you for sharing all that stuff. I know you've gone into it a billion times. So, you know, at parties and uh, with Tommy Little on the project and all that. But thank you for sharing, man. I appreciate that. Tommy, didn't get to speak to Tommy. Oh, man. What are we? I don't know. I don't know how you expected it to go anywhere without speaking to Tommy. Wasn't wasn't how I dreamed of um, making my television debut. No, not at all. Not at all. Um, man, I better, I better let you go shortly. It is coming up pretty late and I've, I've taken up a, a fair bunch of your time. Um, when, when I finish up these episodes, uh, I like to ask a couple of questions of my guest, uh, just to, you know, I like to see what they come up with. I, I like to uh, keep a bit of a tally of people and see if some names come up or some themes come up pretty regularly. Um, I sent you the questions. Um, I'll I'll go into it now. So the first one, right? If you had to pick a famous TV or movie dad to replace my dad, who would you mm-hmm. pick? So knowing knowing me, you know as well from our chat of the last time, the last hour and a bit. Who who do you think? Who do you think is a is a good replacement dad? I thought I wanted, I, I, I want to say Brian Cranston. Oh, I want to say somewhere between a Hal and uh, Walter White. Like a, a Hal yep. to White, I think, is what I want to, is what I want I to say. It. I love um, it. I love it. Yeah, so, you know, he, he really cares, um, you know, but he's also a bit wacky, you know. Yeah. So I, yep. I think that's what you, you want. And he'll go to the extent of um, making <laughs> a ton making of mess. Mess. I didn't realize it was going to come back to a ton of meth, but it always does. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yep. Okay. I'm into that. Uh, Holter White. Holter. I'm going to write that down. Holter White. Uh, I like even just the idea of a com. Like you said, a combination of how a combination of Walter White, even just the combination of Brian Cranston, who seems to be, who who could quite possibly be a, an absolute sweetheart based on all the things that you read and see and 
yada yada. I think he's a, that's a great dad. That's a great dad. This is the thing is like there are certain people in like media. I think he's one of them. But my my bigger one is Sam Neill. I remember seeing on Twitter um, him saying to someone whose name escapes me right now, like, big fan of your work or I'm so proud of you, something like that. Mm. And I thought, if Sam Neill ever like put his hand on my, my shoulder and said, I'm so proud of you, Marcel, I was like, that could undo all of my father trauma associated. Yeah. That would just, the damage would just, I'd just be like, oh, I'm a new man. Yeah, um, I, Sam Neill told me he's proud of me. I'm, I feel incredible. That's a pretty, that's a pretty good, do you think that would be like, if, if, you know, push comes to shove, that's your, that's your guy, like Sam Neill. Like that's a pretty nice, that's a pretty good one. Arnie is up there as like surrogate fathers, Robin Williams, and unfortunately not going to happen. But yep, I, I think yep. Sam Neill has a certain level of warmth everywhere from like, I think growing up with like a Jurassic Park and seeing him reluctantly be a sort of surrogate to the, to the kids in that yep. movie, reluctantly yep. taking up that idea of having to protect these children and then seeing something like, a hunt for the wilder people and being like, oh, this, I, there's something about that sort of type that, um, reluctant, yeah. reluctant father in, in both of those. I just yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. That's what I was going to, I was going to say it's, uh, you've got, you've got a type there. It seems like <laughs> that really we're projecting more about Marcel than Sam Neill. I think you're mm. really figuring out what you want. Yeah. There's nothing, uh, I'm having a breakthrough. That's so good. That's so good. All right. Sam Neill's your dad. Um, and Halter, Halter White. Halter White, Brian Cranston. I love it. Uh, second question. Um, again, knowing, knowing me, knowing what I do, what I, you know, what, what I'm all about, what sort of fatherly advice would you give me to lead a long and full life? Oh, this is good. I, I admit that this one, I, uh, I thought I'd improvise uh, in the Love it. I, I Love improv, it. So it's going to be okay. <laughs> I, I, as I say, I'm someone that's thinking, that's trying to think more than one year at a time at the moment. Because mm -hmm. I, I think being able to, I, I, the very advice that I actually, that I, I, that I really like, that I think is so easy to just, be a mantra and I'm not really a mantra person but I think this is just a nice mantra to be mindful of of making there's two people that you should make proud your eight-year-old self and your 80-year-old self and mm -hmm. I think that's a nice mentality to just be yeah. mindful of, of those two things and I think too you're a man of ambition and a man of dreams like I am yeah of like yep. one day I might do this one day I might do that and I, and I hope to do this I hope to do that and just recognizing to find fun in the doing of it, to find fun in the process, to find fun in the everyday um, chasing of that particular thing. And this is brought to you as someone who watched the movie Soul recently. But just the idea Pixar, of man, going, they got you again. They got you again. If Pixar I'm not having fun, <laughs> if I'm not having fun pursuing this dream to whatever extent it might arrive at then why am I doing it? So it's like stand-up, for example. Like if I never really hit it big, whatever big looks like in stand-up, will I still have enjoyed the journey of it or I feel mm -hmm. like that was all for naught? And I think that applies to a lot of other, excuse me, creative pursuits as well. So yes, mm -hmm. so finding, finding the joy in the doing 
and making your eight-year-old and your eighty-year-old self proud. I think that's pretty. I think that's pretty true. Like, uh, I think twenty twenty. Not to harp on about it, but that sort of did. I guess when stand up was taken away, I really started to be like, "Oh man, that was." I was lucky to do that. I was really happy doing that. Um, whereas before, you know, you and you possibly might feel this way as well, but you start to get this like strange, weird thought of like, "Oh, I've got a gig tonight." Oh man, like, ugh, like, I don't want to drive here. I don't want to go somewhere. <laughs> But now it's like, you're so thankful for that. So I guess living in that, living in the now um, for, you know, taking, taking everything in, appreciating it for what it's worth. Um, and it was, like you said, not living, uh, not living one year at a time. I like mm-hmm. that. So I'm, uh, I'm going back to uni uh, this year and I literally, oh. literally uh, had a thought in my head that was like three years. That's a long time. And I was like, yeah, but so's the rest of your life. Like, without being the biggest cliche in the world, so's the rest what, of your yeah, life. I've got another bit of philosophy for that as well. But what, oh. what are you studying? Uh, Bachelor of Media and Communications. I love it. I think it's great. I think it's so brave because I'm, 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 I'm similar. Like, oh, probably I want to maybe do some further study or mm. at least be studying, like involved in taking a... Mm, risk in terms of I'm going to I'm a, a risk in pursuit I'm going to pursue something yep. completely um, and seeing what that looks like without completely throwing away what's behind like that's the scary thing is like yeah. will I quit to start another or will it there be just like a change of a period but mm. I, even though it might be cliche enough to put on a plaque or a piece of driftwood in the house I do like that idea of like the the best time to plant a tree is 10 years ago. The second best time is today. I think that's mm-hmm. really nice. Like it's, that's another piece of simplistic information to go, hey, you can't argue with that. Yeah, I didn't yeah. do it 10 years ago, but may as well do it right now. Because I encounter people in my life, and I'll, I'll keep this short because I know we're wrapping up. But no, no, you're right. People who dream of doing, oh, you do stand up? Like, you know, I'm in a staff room with this guy. He's in his 40s, and he's like, Oh, I always wanted to do stand up, but um, I've been thinking what I'll do is I've got these um, jokes that I recorded on tape when I was in my early 20s. And what I want to do is I want to find where those tapes are. And I'm, I think they're in my mum's house or in a shed or something. And I'm going to get one of those programs that will dictate what's on the tape uh, onto you know, a Word document. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, I've probably got hours of tapes. And then once I do that, I'm going to look through those um, Word documents and see if I can find five minutes to do it on open mic. And I, and I was like, that you have built. I tell this story all the time because it's someone who has built so many obstacles to mm. never do that thing. Yeah, yeah. They'll, they'll never do it because they have built this up to be gigantic. Yeah, and that's the thing. There's, there's so many levels to those obstacles as well that it's, uh, you know, something uh, I, I couldn't get into mum's shed and you're like okay fair enough okay I'm let's say you get you get into mum's shed then it's like oh there's not really any i can't find a program that does that that dictates the mm. thing oh yeah fair, okay what well, i can just continuous and it's like man at this point also the thoughts you had when you were 20 probably not going to translate to you now yeah. uh, and, he'll, and he'll and he'll be crying Say like in 10 more years, he goes on a mic and does a gig and loves it. He'd be like, oh my God, 
I spent so much time delaying myself from going to do this low key thing. And, um, you know, it's sort of tragic in a way. Like it, it's, yeah. Yeah. Like I sort of, I do sort of have, uh, some thoughts now, like going to, you know, properly study now. I'm like, should I have done it when I was 18 or whatever? And it's like, yeah, but then you wouldn't have got these jobs out of high school, which wouldn't have led to this job, which is where you met your wife, which is why you have a kid and the butterfly effect, yada, yada, yada. But mm. so, yeah, I think 2020 has really thrown a lot of, especially creatives, thrown a lot of spanners in the works for people to be like, I need to make some changes. <laughs> I need to, I need to put something solid behind me. And doing things that they're in control of. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and truly, well, I'm in control. I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm doing it. Mate. Uh, I reckon that, I reckon that does us, mate. That was a, that was a brilliant chat. Thank you for, uh, no, I'm glad. Thanks for the, thanks for the therapy session. I'm going to cancel my therapist next week. Was it? It was okay. It was good. It was good. I, uh, you know, yeah, some people seem to, uh, some people seem to comment about the, uh, you know, the the quite the episodes are quite cathartic, and they end up coming out of the episodes being like, I feel like I just vented to you for an hour and a bit or something. Kind of, you know, it is literally just a therapy group in the form of a podcast. Um, hey, yeah. I love it. I, I want to do this. I think it's. I think you're giving people a gift. It's a. It's a lovely opportunity. Like I. I, I love. I love to speak sincerely when I'm given the opportunity to do it because everyone. Everything is so irreverent now. We're all so mm-hmm. irreverent all the time, and we never say what we mean. We're rarely earnest. We rarely tell our friends that we care about them and or how much we care about them. So I think any opportunity is a good opportunity to to speak some truth. That's it, man. That's it. Well. I care about you. I'm glad that everything's working out. I'm sorry about your blood pressure. Uh, that is that is sad. Um, I'm glad you sorted some stuff out for your mum. And I mean, if it's up to me, dude, if, if you want to reconnect with your dad, please do it. Uh, but at the end of the day, up to you. Who, who cares? Thank you.